Good morning, Golden Corner Church. Good to see y'all. I have a word from the Lord for you this morning. You say, what do you mean by that? God shared something with me this week. That he told me that I was to share with you. There's somebody in this service. And recently an enemy. Has risen. Against you. Somebody. Has made you their target. And they've made it their business to make life as difficult for you as they possibly can. I don't know where this is taking place, perhaps on your job. Maybe at the school you attend. You know, it may be a part of your extended family. It happens, and I certainly hope that it's not happening in your church. But I would guess that this enemy is a good recruiter. And they've convinced some other folks that they ought to be your enemy too. And you've looked at your situation recently and you've come to this conclusion, you're outnumbered. The odds are stacked against you. And if that sounds like you, I've got a word for you. Somebody's sitting here and you're facing a problem of epic proportion. If that problem is not solved, the results are going to be catastrophic. Now, you've lost a lot of sleep trying to figure out what to do. You've worn yourself out. You're completely frustrated. And you maybe have tried several different things to correct the problem, and nothing has worked. As a matter of fact, it could be that it's only made matters worse. Now, maybe this problem is relational. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's physical. I don't know what it is. But you've just recently come to the point that you're ready to raise the white flag and just go... That's it. There's just nothing I can do. If you find yourself in either one of these scenarios, I have a word from the Lord for you. This is what he told me to tell you. You are not alone. And you are not helpless. 
Did you get that? Because I really don't have to say much more than that. If you really can sink your teeth into that and get a hold of that. You are not alone. Now, you've been feeling alone. You are not alone, and you are not helpless, even though that's the way you've been feeling lately. You are not alone, and you are not helpless. You say, Ronnie, I sure do feel alone. I know, but you're not. Let me read you a couple of verses from John chapter 14. And listen, I'm not going to take long today. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like i got good news for you. I want you to leave here. I want you to go apply it. That's what I want. But in John chapter 14, verse 16 through 19, let me set the stage. Jesus has just told the 12 disciples that he's leaving. He's leaving them. He's leaving the earth. He's going back to his father. And they can't follow him at that point in time. Now, how do you think they responded to that? Well, they were heartbroken. They loved him more than anyone or anything in the world. And I believe they were terrified of contemplating life without him because they had become dependent on him for so many things. And now all of a sudden, he's cutting out on them. I think they're scared. So Jesus tells him some things to encourage him. And I want you to look what he said in verse 16. He said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Jesus said, now I've got to leave you, but here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to ask the Father to give you another advocate. You know what that word means? It means literally an encourager, a comforter, a helper, a friend. Jesus is saying that, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the Father to give you somebody who will feel the role in your life that I've been filling. The only difference is this. He won't ever leave you. I'm having to leave you right now. And, and this new friend, he'll never leave you. Now, who's he talking about? Well, he goes on and defines it. Look at verse 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads in all truth. The, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus said, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit into your life in in a new way. Now listen, the Holy Spirit had been with them. They had experienced him. But Jesus said, let me tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, He's not going to be just with you anymore. He's going to be in you. Now who is the Holy Spirit? Third member of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. As God the Holy Spirit has infinite wisdom and absolute unlimited ability and Jesus said he's going to become to you what I have been up to this point and once he takes a residence in you he will never leave you for any reason under any circumstances and then he goes on to say in verse 18 no I will not abandon you as orphans I'll come to you in other words Jesus is saying Through him, I'll visit with you. Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will. Since I live, you also will live. Jesus said, I would never leave you alone. I'll send somebody else. I'll send the Holy Spirit to take my place in your life. Now, you do understand that as believers, the moment we were saved, God's Holy Spirit took up a permanent residence in our body. 
God lives in us. God the Holy Spirit, with infinite wisdom and unlimited ability and exhaustible resources, is not only with you, he's in you. Which means that every moment of every day of every year, throughout the course of your lives, you're never alone. God is with you. He is not here to be an idle, indifferent, casual observer of the events of your life. He's with you to get involved. He's with you to help you, guide you, encourage you, empower you so that you can do things that were impossible for you. You could, you could weather storms impossible for you to weather. That is the role he plays. And so i got to make sure that you understand this. Even though there are times you feel alone, you're never alone because God is with you. God is with you in this battle that you're facing. God is with you in this time that you're facing such an enormous problem. God is there. You're not alone. And you're not helpless. You say, Ronnie, I've looked at my situation. If there's a move, I don't see it. I mean, I've looked at the board, and it looks like checkmate to me. I, I, I don't see. You've got to move. You're not helpless. You know what your move is? Get God involved in your situation. You know, you can't make God do anything, but you can pave the way. You can open the door of your life and your situations so that God can step in and get involved. You say, how do you do that? Four steps. You've got, mem- you got to memorize this before you leave. Ready? Four steps. Pray, listen, trust, obey. I'm going to say it one more time. Pray, listen, trust, obey. Has everybody got that? Take it off the screens, Josh. In case it, I'm, I'm guessing it was up there, right? What, what, what are those four steps? You tell me. You got it. You're dismissed. Let's go have a good Sunday afternoon. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell this story very quickly. It's found. It's one of my favorite Old Testament stories, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It's a story about a man named Jehoshaphat. He was the king of Judah. One day some men showed up with a bleak, disturbing message. They said, King, three nations have formed an alliance. They've merged their armies into one very powerful army, and they've declared war against you and Judah. And to make matters worse... They started in your direction a long time ago. They're almost here. An invasion is imminent. How do you suppose Jehoshaphat responded to that news? The Bible said he was terrified. Absolutely terrified. You know why he was terrified? He recognized that he was helpless. With the resources he'd been given, there was nothing he could do. With the time frame he was given, there was nothing he could do. He recognized his helplessness. He recognized that the, the inevitable, guess what he did? He prayed. Not only did he pray, he called a day of prayer and fasting for everyone in Judah. And they came to Jerusalem and had this big prayer meeting. And, and, and Jehoshaphat got up and led him in a prayer. And I'm going to read you just, just the ending of his prayer. It's found in Second Chronicles 20, verse number 12. And, and Jehoshaphat is closing out his prayer. And he says, oh, our God, won't you stop them? Speaking of this alliance... We are powerless. You see that word? We are powerless, helpless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do. 
but we're looking to you for help. He honestly confesses, this is too big for us. It's too big for me. This is too complicated. This is overwhelming. You know, I guess in, in, in Hodgeology, he said, if I attempt anything at this point, God, I'm going to really screw this up. Can I say that? Is that a proper terminology to use? He said, God, I need two things from you. One is guidance. Well, what do we do? Nothing's obvious. The second thing we need, God, is we need your help. Will you get involved? Will you defend us? Will you protect us? Will you fight for us? When he finished his prayer, nobody left the room. Nobody, nobody dismissed themselves from their prayer meeting. Nobody said, you know, it's been nice. We ought to do this more often. We've got to get the kids in bed. Everybody just kept standing. And the Bible says that they were standing in the presence of God. What were they doing? They had asked God for guidance. They assumed he was going to answer. And they were giving God a chance to speak. All of a sudden, a prophet speaks up and says, listen. Now, you're noticing these four words at play here that we actually pray, listen, trust, obey. They have prayed. A prophet speaks up and he says, listen. God just spoke to me, he says, and gave me a message to share with you. And I want you to listen to what he said. And he said, this is what God has to say to us. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. This fight's not yours. It's mine. God said to these people, uh, this, this, this group, they didn't pick a fight with you. They have picked a fight with me. And then he began to give them guidance. He told them what to do. He said, go confront them. He told them when to do it. You do it tomorrow. He told them where to do it. And then he said, all you got to do is go out there and confront them. You take your positions and you won't have to draw a sword or knock an arrow. I will win this fight for you and you will exceed me, give you the victory. And then once again, he said, don't you be afraid and don't you be discouraged because I'm with you. So the next day, they get ready. They're going to do what God told them to do. And they're getting ready to walk through the wilderness and go confront these people. And, and Milton, there must have been some apprehension on their part. There must have been an element of fear that Jehoshaphat could feel. So he just called a timeout and said, wait a minute. Here's what we've got to do. Believe in God. Trust in God. If you don't trust in God, you're not going to stand firm and, and hold your positions today. Well, his little speech must have worked. And it started to make their way to confront the enemy. And the Bible says that when they did, God began to fight their enemies for them. Remember, there were three groups that had formed this alliance and and two of the groups looked at the third group suspiciously and said, you know what, we, maybe we need to take them out. I don't know if we can trust them. And they killed every one of them. And then that left two groups, and they began to look at other, each other a little suspiciously. And they said, well, you know what, I don't know that I trust you. They began to fight against each other. And the next thing you knew, they had killed each other down to the last man. No one was left. And what did God tell them he was going to do? He said, I'll fight this fight. And I'll win this fight. For you. Well, Jehoshaphat and the boys show up where they're supposed to be, and there's obviously an overlook, and they climbed up to the overlook, anticipating looking down in the valley and seeing this powerful army that had gathered against them. And they look down, and what do they see? Just corpses, man, as far as you can see. 
God fought the battle and gave them victory. You know what Jehoshaphat and the guys did? They went down into the valley and noticed, man, these guys brought all kind of cool stuff. I mean, good stuff. They began to gather the spoils of war. You know how long it took them to gather the spoils of war? Does anybody know this story? Three full days of nothing but collecting equipment and gear and gold and silver. It took them three days to gather it up. You know what they named the valley? The Valley of Blessing. You know what God had done? He turned a major problem into an incredible blessing. They prayed. They listened. They trusted. They obeyed. God got involved. Took care of the enemy. Took care of the problem. I'm sharing with you something this morning that will work for you. I promise it will. In the face of conflict, in the face of enemies, in the face of contention, in the face of problems, I promise you that if you will pray, a humble prayer confessing that it's too big for you, and if you will ask God for his guidance and his help, and then you listen. Now listen, that's, uh, sometimes that may be enough, but oftentimes it's going to be like this. That's not enough. That's where it begins. What do you do next? If you're going to ask God for guidance, you need to be listening. You need to give him a chance to speak. And how do we do that? Stillness, silence, scripture. If you want to hear God, you've got to be still, be quiet, and be in this book. The more you do that, the more God will speak, and the more clearly his voice will be to you. And when he speaks, I promise you, one of the things he's going to share with you are words of encouragement. And then you're going to have to trust him. He's going to guide you. And his guidance is often irrational to us. Risky. It looks risky. It looks costly. I mean, just like he told Joseph and the guy, go confront this powerful army that you don't have a chance to win. Go confront them. Well, that didn't make much sense to me. And he says, I win the battle without even involving you. If you're ever going to follow God, you've got to learn to trust God. You've got to believe this, that whatever he tells you to do is the right thing to do. That, that whenever he tells you to do it, that's the right time to do it. However he tells you, that's the right way to do it. Even if it doesn't make real good sense to you, all you know is him. You've got to trust him with that, and then you've got to do what he is leading you to do. Now, this is very critical because, listen, you could pray, listen, and believe. If you don't act, God doesn't act. God did not move on their behalf until they began to act in obedience to him. Whatever he leads you to do, you've got to do that, and you've got to do that consistently. And if you will, I want to tell you what's going to happen. God's going to get involved in your life. God's going to get involved in the situation you're facing. He'll turn your battle into a victory. And he'll turn your problem into a blessing. You've got to leave here understanding this. You've got to leave here knowing this, clinging to this, and never losing sight of this. You're not alone. And neither are you helpless. Let's pray together.
why don't you do this right, right where you're sitting? This might be the perfect time and the perfect opportunity for you to talk to God. You tell him what you're up against. I mean, I know he knows, just like he knew what Jehoshaphat and these guys were facing, but you tell him. Talk to him about opposition, enemies. Talk to him about your problems. You ask for his guidance. You ask for his help. I want you to leave here today determined to listen for his voice. Determined to take him at his word. Determined to do whatever he said. Expecting to see him step in do things that you could never do on your behalf. Father, thank you. Thank you for being just thank you for being with us. Thank you for being our friend. Thank you for being our encourager and our helper and I just pray, God, whoever came into this building today struggling with that sense of I'm on my own I'm outnumbered and overwhelmed and pray that whoever it was leaves here in a completely different frame of mind recognizing they're not alone and neither are they helpless Give them victory. Turn this whole ordeal into a blessing. I pray in Christ's name. Amen. You're dismissed.